Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. Dr. Carl Turner is my guest on this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. Um, Kyle is a Wiradjuri man. I hope I pronounced that properly. He previously held research and teaching posts at the University of Oxford and University of Melbourne. As an epidemiologist, Kyle has published widely on the burden of chronic disease with a heavy focus on the prevention of disease. His passion, improving health outcomes for First Nations people and other disadvantaged groups. He is the founder of Pearly, an investor-backed, purpose-led dental company on a mission to improve oral health around the globe. Today, Kyle's going to share Pearlie's story, including how he, as an epidemiologist, came to start a dental company. Kyle, welcome to the For Love and Money podcast. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks, Karen. So um, let's kick off with the question about purpose in business. I want to ask you if you think um, love has a role to play at all. Uh, I, you did prep me with this question <laughs> and I've been thinking about it for about 24 hours. She's first going to define what is love. Is that caring? How deep do you get with, with that? I don't know. It's a great question. It's a fun question. I do, I do want to say something cliche. Love what you do, I guess. I, I really do love what, my work. I don't think I would love it if it wasn't a full purpose venture. Maybe we're getting somewhere now. Maybe we can come back to this question. Um, I think I think it would be brilliant to continue and then come back because, and that's a whole, and thanks for your honesty on this. And I really appreciate it because it makes some people very uncomfortable. So I've had some guests on this program who go, oh my God, love is everything, you know, love for my son who, you know, is going to inherit, um, you know, um, our actions. And then I get people who go, oh, really not sure about it. And that is the purpose of this podcast, because love does not traditionally sit within business in most people's minds. Mm -hmm. And yet I want to explore the role of love in business, because I, I believe it is a missing part of what makes business human. And, you know, when we love um, what we're doing, um, when we're doing what we love even more, um, because we care, you know, you talked about, is it about care? Um, is it about love of humanity, other people? Is it about love of our planet? Um, is it about, you know, just, just, you know, caring about people? And that's, that's the part I want to explore and there's no right or wrong answer here. It's just a sort of exploration. So thank you for your honesty about that. I really appreciate it. No worries. It's a strong opening question. It'll be the arc for the entire podcast, I think. We'll yeah. keep, coming, keep coming back to it. And money, right? It's not just love, it, <laughs> but, 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 but money has always been a big part of business, you know, the driving force of business. And so it's really looking at the, the two together and the balance between the two. Could you give me, and I know we talked a bit about Pearly in a minute, but can you give me an example of, uh, of your, or one of your favourite answers you've ever got? One of my favourites is from um, Simon Shake, who's the co-founder of Future Super. Um, he's also an activist, previous director of Get Up. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so, so um, he, his response to the question was, love has everything 
to do with business. Uh, love has inspired me to start Future Super. Uh, my love for my son, who I can't remember the date he said, I think he said by 2040, my son will be my age now. And I know that what I do matters because he's going to inherit those actions. Love for my fellow brothers and sisters around the world. Um, and he, he he riffed about it beautifully. Um, but but it wasn't just about riffing about it. It was it was genuine, mm. you know, and and that was one of my favorite answers. The other one was I interviewed an American, um, Dave Dahl of Dave's Killer Bread, uh, which is the biggest organic bread company in the US and started mm. off as a small Portland family business. Yeah. And he's an ex-con. Um, been in the prison system many, many years, and he came out and he was given a second chance by his brother to join the family business. And his second chance became a new brand and the brand story about giving second chances to people coming out of the criminal system and supporting Brilliant. those people. When I asked him that question, he got really uncomfortable. And he was like, oh, no, you know, I, I don't, oh, love, love. And then the arc of the interview, he just started, <laughs> like, he started talking about love freely. And in the end, I was like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been warned. <laughs> but right. there's no, but, but the truth is, it's, <laughs> let's see, let's see where it, where it um, nets out and let's explore it. Okay, great. I think I can relate more to your second example. Um, <laughs> Just, uh, and just linking it with business, it's, it's a novel idea for me. Brilliant. Novel is good. So tell us about Pearly. Why did you start it? And how, how um, did you, as an epidemiologist, come to start a dental company? Well, I studied diseases for a living. Yep. Um, and I've worked with kids around oral health. And I knew it was a big public health problem. I think most listeners, uh, whether they're in the US or they're here in Australia, uh, are aware that dental is very expensive. Um, a lot of people can't afford or access uh, the dentist. Um, and that pisses me off. Um, I grew up in a remote part of Australia, um, in central New South Wales. Uh, we we're very, very poor. We lived in community housing and we moved around a lot. And just dental was non existent for us. Um, and now I've got shocking teeth had extractions, fillings, you name it. Um, I'm going to have a lot of problems later in life. Um, and it's fully preventable. Um, it's really easily prevented with just basic uh, oral health education, regular checkups. Uh, so I knew that it was a personal uh, problem because uh, it really affects your confidence when you've got bad teeth. Yeah. Like if you go on a date, a job interview, you don't want to smile as much. That's such a shit feeling. Mm. Um, and it's fully preventable. It just really pissed me off. So the problem I really wanted to work on, um, uh, this is my second startup. I, I did one in the UK. I did my PhD at Oxford University. And uh, that was an epic fail. I lost all the investors' money, but I learned a lot. And, what was uh, that startup? Uh, my PhD was in obesity prevention in kids. And yeah. I saw delivery just came about. There was no Uber Eats, no Manulog. And it was just delivery, and they were partnering with McDonald's and Pizza Hut, and that just pissed me off. So it's going to make it a lot easier to get junk food to your doorstep. So I did a healthy version of delivery with all the calories. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, we raised 100K. Um, 
we launched an app, we did deliveries every night for six months, but um, I made a lot of mistakes and it turns out people just want pizza fast. Yep. So <laughs> well, we had customers, um, but it was, yeah, ran out of capital and. Maybe a little bit before your time, uh, before it's time. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a few popping up now, actually, like six years later. Yeah. Anyway, anyway moved to Melbourne, uh, teaching at University of Melbourne uh, in 2018, and I uh, wanted to do another one. And I wanted to find a big, juicy problem. And, you know, oral health uh, is a big public health issue. Um, I, w- I went through an accelerator program at Oxford, and one of the other startups was doing computer vision. Mm-hmm. So um, you teach an algorithm to detect um, things in a, in a photo or in a video. Um, and I, I learned how to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I knew, speaking to a, a couple of dentists, that a lot of what they do is a visual examination. They look in your mouth. And I thought, oh, I could teach an algorithm to do that um, and bring free dental checkups, free oral health education um, to the world through through an app. And that's what we did. Uh, that's the Pearly app. It's free dental checkups. That's what it is. Fantastic. And so free dental checkups, I mean, the, the, you're delivering on a need, um, which is oral health, obviously, and the lack of access to it, which you talked about before. But then how do you turn that into a business? Good question. Well, COVID didn't help this business model, so I had to pivot. But originally it was um, we onboarded about 3,500 dentists around Australia and at the end of your free checkup, if you found any issues, you could look at your local geographic area for all the dentists um, in the area and you could have a live booking uh, through the app. And we got a commission uh, from the dentist uh, every time we referred a new patient to them. However, this was, we launched it in April 2020. Ah. So all the dentists closed for about 18, 24 months. Uh, so that business model. Didn't... At which point you put your head in your hands and went, "Oh no!" Yeah, that was that wasn't much fun. Um, but uh, we had really good investors um, that uh, really believed in our technology and what we're trying to do, and they saw it's a big market opportunity. There's other ways to make that money. Um, so we pivoted. So we've we've actually released our own oral care products uh, that are all uh, sustainably designed, um, recyclable. And um, so that's one revenue stream. We've also been building uh, some software for a few dental companies um, to bridge that gap during COVID. Um, so, yeah, and we, and we raised another round of investment. So we, we're doing, we're quite healthy financially at the moment. Um, yeah. But it was a real struggle during COVID. Yeah, I can imagine it would have been. Um, and, and I'm really interested to um, learn a little bit more about your your investors or how you attracted your investors more to the point so any listeners here who are thinking of doing a startup you know what what's been that journey so i now like judge i'm a judge on like lots of startup comps and i try and mentor um younger entrepreneurs and try and help them um because I've, I've got amazing mentors um but i met them by networking so you go to all the startup events yep um, then you start making friends at these events. They make introductions. It took about a year of going three or four nights a week to any events because uh, I was new to Melbourne and um, just just kept at it. And then eventually I refined my pitch um, by trying by in- 
introducing myself and my startup to so many people, you get a lot better at um, yeah. the, finding the buzzwords. So you study people's reaction, like watch their face when you do the pitch and see which words, uh, which, which words um, uh, break through. And then you just get better at it. So I, I remember the first startup comp I did in Melbourne, I completely bombed. I would have come last place. And over the year, I started coming like third, second, and then we started winning a few, and investors would come out. So these networking events were all like they were specifically about startup investment. Mostly, there's a really good startup community in Melbourne. Um, there's a yeah, launch fee. There's, there's there's plenty of events to get along to. Look, a lot of them were a waste of time, um, but you you just got to you got to kiss a few frogs on the way, right? Yeah, you just got to keep going. Um, it, yeah, it, you know, I was pretty keen to get get this going so you just got to put the hours in yeah brilliant um and and so tell me about the business now so you launched in was it 2019 december 29 is when incorporated the company but 2019 was that hustle year um, yeah from had the idea at the end of 2018 so there was a 12 months of treading water yeah um the biggest challenge was finding dental images no one wants to let you photograph their teeth. Uh, so oh, you really? Need, you need dental images to build the algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you need capital to pay dentists, which are extremely expensive, to sit down and label each dental image. And then you can feed it to the algorithm. And that's how it learns. So you did all of that in the course of one year? Yeah, well, we've been continuously working on that for three years. So we're still working on it all the time. Yeah. But you needed a prototype to show the investors. Um, and we had a really shitty prototype, like about 300 photos. Sorry, I swear like a tree fire. No, it's all good. Yeah, so we needed a prototype. So I managed to get only about 300 dental images, which is yeah. very, very low for an algorithm. Um, and then I got a friend of a friend who's a dentist to label each tooth uh, in the image digitally. Um, and you're like, is that tooth decay? And then you crappy algorithm we put into a crappy app and we showed some investors and um and we finally found one that was like this is great and we raised 200k pre-seed capital yeah in february 2020 yeah and then finally i could hire someone and and uh we were away from there yeah fantastic february 2020 just before um, the world yes. went pear-shaped extremely, as the world was starting to go pear-shaped. Extremely lucky to get that capital in at that time because it wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your investors. You don't need to tell me who they are, but I'm interested in their mindset, their narrative, what attracted them. Like, did they look at this? Obviously, they, they saw it as a profitable opportunity. Otherwise, they wouldn't invest. But was that all? Was there anything else like... I've been pretty lucky. They're all, uh, they've all invested in social enterprises in the past. Uh, I won't name names, but one of them had a chance years ago, apparently, to invest in Who Gives a Crap? Um, back those guys in the past. Um, so we donate 50% of our profits. Um, I think a lot more, you're going to see a lot more businesses doing things like that. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're all on board with uh, the mission to improve our health. They never wanted to charge people for the dental checkups um they knew the tech was strong so there were other ways to make money um no it was never an easy sell they give me a lot of freedom and it's a really interesting model i think because 
another guest on the show, a recent guest on the show was uh, Mike Smith, founder of Zeroco. And their mission is to ditch single-use plastic. Yeah, and, great. Yeah, and, and he talked about um, them being a mission 2.0 company where their mission is baked into their product um, rather than the after effect, which is you buy this and then we'll give money. And I know you've talked about your 50% as part of it, but but to me, your your mission is also baked in to your business because you actually start with the with free half. dental with half so there's two sides of the coin in public health there's the prevention side yeah which, which we tick that box with the pearly app yeah so free dental checkups free oral health education great yep the treatment treatment is the other side of disease yes and we weren't fulfilling our mission by improve our mission is to improve oral health so we needed to there was always a missing piece so I, I told their investors, can we donate 50% of the profits? We, we want to build our own uh, dental trucks, which will provide yep. free dental care. I've got, I've got a long list of dentists that are willing to volunteer, um, but the trucks are quite expensive, about 350K a pop. So yep. we're, we're currently saving up um, and it's going to be a separate uh, organization, the Pearly Foundation, separate bank account, everything. Yep. But um, I'm, I'm currently setting that up. 50% of profits will be funneled to the Pearly Foundation, but we can also accept donations. So I've got a few philanthropic organisations that are going to help get that going. But so, so it wasn't quite baked into our mission because uh, we, we were missing one side of the coin. So the prevention was baked in, and then the um, fifty percent of your sales to Pearly Foundation yep. takes care of the treatment part. Yeah, we were big fans of the Hookers Hoo um, guys, so we thought, oh, let's just do that. That, yeah. came, that came later. That was an evolution um, uh, as we, you know, over the last few years. And and there, right there, you know, it, that goes to the mission um, of your business, which is to improve oral hygiene. And you, you've you've been very clear about that from the start. So you've built your business around that, starting mm. with the prevention, but then looking at what else it was lacking. Yeah, no, it's still trying to solve the same problem. That hasn't changed. Um, and, and this is what uh, this is what I love about purpose-led businesses uh, <laughs> is that you know that you're prepared to disrupt existing models. You know, dental care via an app yeah. does it exist anywhere else? Um, oh, there's there's one other one that's um, we're we're much further ahead than them, but I don't mind if there's competition uh, as, as long as they're not charging people. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to be using our tech to help non-dental practitioners, such as GPs and nurses, to do, as, as part of general health checks. Right now, they don't look in their mouth at all. Yeah, uh, It's a big missed opportunity. Uh, people don't go to the dentist. Um, two-thirds of the population in Australia haven't been to the dentist in the last two years. Right. It's very expensive. Um, yeah. A lot of people live in rural and remote areas. A lot of people have dental anxiety. So they don't go. Um, so speaking to dentists, they said, build something for non-dental practitioners to, so they can check um, the oral health. So we're pretty excited about that. And 50% of the profits from that, uh, that, li that licensing or however we uh, monetize it will be still going to the Pearly Foundation. But that's something um, that's come about over the journey. We've realized by learning from dentists that, hey, there's, there's a huge gap beyond dentists um, that, that they can't reach that we could potentially um, help with. 
That's that's really interesting. And and so I've, I've heard that um, my understanding is that dental health has serious impacts on general health. Huge. It all starts in the mouth. That's sort of our it does, doesn't it? Logan, it does. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of frustrated dentists out there that um, the industry is so heavily privatized, and it's not just in Australia. There's only 12 countries in the world that dentals included in their public health. Um, wow. Their system. It's just for some reason the mouth is just not part of the body. Um, how never... how did we ever get to that point? Very political. Um, Get a dentist on the show. It's actually an incredible story. Um, a few, a few uh, backdoor deals back in the eighties. Um, yeah. We look. They were running businesses. A lot of independent dentists. They, um, they don't want to work private. Instead of dentists in Australia work in the private system because uh, the money is so good. It, yeah. It's just not. There's no incentive to work in the public system. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, I've probably. Shouldn't say too much, but I'm I'm a bit uh, frustrated with some dentists out there that overtreat, they overcharge, um, that are just running businesses at the end of the day. But they're actually uh, healthcare providers. Um, so there's a huge con- conflict of interest there. Um, yeah. So the, the my north star for the my tech uh, for the technology is getting uh, uh, the Pearly app listed on the MBS, the Medical Benefits Scheme. So it would be free um, dental checkups led by GPs, nurses, um, working in aged care, schools, uh, anywhere where you can't afford dentists because it's too expensive at the moment, uh, but it's subsidised by the government. So right now there's no incentive for GPs and nurses to look in the mouth. Yeah. But if we could, we could help them um, give the financial incentive through the MBS, uh, they could use our tech, um, we think it would feel a huge... Uh, gap in public health. That's amazing. That's a that's an incredible north star, and the impact of that um, it, it it just sounds like a, a yawning gap in healthcare. It is and the opportunity is huge. Yeah, you know, tech has only recently come about, so that's that's going to take a while. Um, that's that's sort of what I'm really focused on at the moment. The business itself, I've got 19 staff who are wonderful. Um, it's sort of running itself now, and I've um, this is something I've been wanting to work on for a while, so that's got, that's got most of my attention at the moment. That's exciting. I'll be um, I'll be keen to follow your progress on that and and see how you go. And I'm sure you're going to attract a lot of um, collaborators who would like to help you get There's there. So many wonderful dentists out there. They 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 get a hard rap um, dentists, but a lot of them do volunteer. They go overseas. Uh, they they spend their holidays just helping people in. in uh, developing countries, um, but there's a lot of need here with homeless, refugees, First Nation communities that don't have access um, or can't afford the dentist here. So, and they they want to do work locally as well. Yeah. So, so we just got to build those trucks. That's that's. that's... So, so uh, truck number one is um, not there yet, but on we'll get, we'll get there. Um, we've got a lot of other things going on at the moment. Um, like we're, we're quite busy building a lot of software right now for a few dental companies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the backlog for the rest of the year is, is pretty hectic. I'm trying to get it set up um, in the background. Uh, but 2023, we're really confident we'll have our first truck. Fantastic. Well, that's that's only around the corner. So, um, so. <laughs> what to do. 
And the first one is always the hardest, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, once we get that first one, I think it'd be great for our, yeah, for our brand. Um, people see it in action. So yeah, um, yeah. I think it should it should scale a lot faster after that. Yeah, fantastic. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website, thecauseeffects.com.au for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good. Or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. Help us save 10,000 square metres by 2025. Um, so, Carl, tell me about your customers. Um, I, I, can you share with us how many customers you've got? Um, we've got 20,000 downloads. Um, Fantastic. But that's all organic. We haven't done any paid advertising. So Wow. Yeah, in one year. So there's a huge need. A lot of people aren't going to the dentist and, you know, you could do this at home or in your office, um, which is great. Um, we've, we've had people... Uh, message us going, I had no idea. They had really great teeth. Um, there's this one woman, wonderful teeth, beautiful smile, but her gums were extremely inflamed and the gums are actually more important than your teeth. Um, yes. And we, we picked up the gum redness. And uh, so she went to the dentist and the dentist was like, whoa. And now she got treatment, which she otherwise just hadn't been to the dentist in years. Otherwise she would have completely been oblivious to. Um, so that was that was one of my favourite stories, uh, uh, and yeah, and now we're we only just started uh, selling our oral care products last month. So, ah, right, okay, that's very new. There's a lot of it's like it's six months of you know prototypes, testing, um, whole team brushing teeth each time. Uh, it was pretty fun, but we were, we were very picky on the products, so like bamboo toothbrush. Um, we got uh, a whitening toothpaste that's uh, got a recyclable tube. I know that doesn't sound that impressive, but it is very hard to get a toothpaste tube that is recyclable. Um, so things Fantastic. Like that. Yeah, I won't keep going on. It's probably a bit boring for you. No, no, it's not boring at all. And I, I've gone, I, I've, I've just downloaded your app and um, I'm looking <laughs> forward to testing it. And, um, and it looks really simple. And I am, um, I've, I've looked at your online store and it's really interesting, particularly with the tooth whitening and the bamboo um, range and the sustainability, because, you know, to me, it, it's clearly going to target um, more socially conscious minded, younger people. Um, not to yeah. say that older people aren't, but that they are actively looking for solutions like this and teeth whitening as well. Fantastic. Yeah, the, the, the teeth whitening is quite popular. Uh, that's, that's, probably, that's probably our best seller. Yeah, um, I can imagine. I can imagine that's going to go gangbusters. Uh, it's going well, uh, but the, it, it's still your smile at the end of the day. You want it to look as best it can. So the, the whitening products do very well. Um, and the mission, the mission is really breaking through. Um, when we get reviews on our products, they always mention, okay, I, I love that what they're trying to do. People can really understand that we're trying to fix dental. Um, I think most people are aware that it's got a lot of problems. So you just did mention the L word there. Ah, <laughs> I thought I've been getting away with it here. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to state the obvious, but you seem to be on a mission to, um, to, to give people, 
you know, who don't have access, you know, some who are in remote um, areas, but, you know, vulnerable communities who don't have access to mm. dental care, um, you know, where does that come from? You might call it a place of care. Um, I might dial that up a bit and say, is that, you know, simply love of your fellow um, human? <laughs> I haven't, haven't phrased it like that. But uh, sure, why not? I won't force you into it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I don't know if it does come from love, to be honest. It comes from just my personal experience, uh, having shit teeth. Yeah. Um, I don't want any other kid to grow up with bad teeth when it's really easily prevented. It sucks. So yeah. that's, yeah, frustration, rather it comes from. Frustration, care. I think care is a big part of it as well. Um, and again, I, I know um, in, in the interview I did with Mike Smith at ZeroCo, he talked about anger really fueling him, yeah. you know, when he I saw like all the plastic the rubbish. I might meet this guy. It sounds great. I do love their website. We've stolen a few branding ideas from their website. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But yeah, I think I can relate a bit more to uh, his story and his motivation. Yeah. But then talk to me about like, are there any brands or, you know, businesses that you just outright love? Who gives a crap? Um, love those guys. And it's not a, there's no technology in there that's got uh, cutting edge research behind it or it's just recycled uh, tool paper. How the so hell? what do you love about it? What do you love about I, it? I'm just blown away. It has taken them about 11 years. People think that they were an overnight success, but no, they started, they didn't make any donations, I think, in their first year. Um, but I just love that there's no fancy technology behind it. It's just recyclable to, um, recycled to toilet paper, but they've managed to build this behemoth. They've raised recently $44 million. Um, mm, investment wow. from one round. Yeah. So what's what's that put their valuation at? A uh, quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, incredible. So that's I'm inspired by that. It was just the mission. That's the only thing unique about them. Uh, and I saw how many people were getting behind it. Obviously, and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. So so I just copied them um, shamelessly. Fantastic. And we, I think, we need more businesses copying you know, businesses like Who Gives a Crap and Pearly and, you know, the many others that are coming up. I think you'll see more um, yeah. coming through. And I think you'll see more investors um, not being put off by the profit sharing model. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, thanks to Who Gives a Crap. No one has uh, raised so much um, venture capital with a model like theirs. So they, they, they've been real trailblazers and it gives us a lot of confidence that we'll be able to raise our Series A round eventually um, sticking to this model. Yeah. Because um, we can lean on them and go, hey, these guys are doing it. Uh, and they don't even have any tech. They've just, it's just recycled toilet paper. I don't know how they've done it. Well, they're attracting people who, like you, love what they do. Yeah. Just, you know? They've got a lot it's... of love in their business. You can feel it. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, big fan. I'll stop talking about another business on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Pearly. <laughs> let's talk about Pearly. So what are some of the learnings? Actually, no, before I, before I ask you that, I want to ask you about your, your thoughts on the balance between profit and purpose. I mean, you're a mission-led company. You're clearly driven by that mission to improve oral hygiene. I'm getting better at focusing on the profits. I'm 
not naturally um, a salesman or focused on profits. Um, the board and the investors have been really good at pushing me. Um, now that we're sharing 50% of our profits, um, profitability is really important to me now. Uh, yeah. I, want to, I want to get, I want to build those trucks. Yeah, no, it's never been a big focus. I just wanted to build the tech and been always about the, the mission. Truthfully, truthfully, there's a few things I wanted to say about that. And I was just starting on the previous question. Um, you're going to see more and more for-purpose businesses. Reason being is because customers are demanding it. Uh, we don't have to rely on government so much because I think corporates are actually going to lead the way. Um, does that make sense? It makes oh, it makes complete sense, and you know that's that's the that's the um, main theme behind my book and this podcast um, is the need um, for businesses to think about more than just profits and think about how they, they use. They have to. They have yeah. to because yeah. customers are going to be demanding it, and not just customers, employees, and not yep. just employees oh, yes. and customers, investors. Yep. Exactly. Um, it's, and the way I'm, I don't really care what the government's doing because um, if, if the private sector is, is driving this, I know government will catch up eventually. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think all of these institutions are going to have to start collaborating a whole lot more. But the opportunity is without doubt for business because it's not just about expect. Well, it is about expectations. Um, people expect business to you know use their for they are in the best position to to actually create impact they've got the resources they've got the people they've got the innovation capability they've got the money yep i, I completely agree um so that's why i was doing startups i tried academia i thought i was well before that i worked in government as an epidemiologist for a couple of years i thought i'm gonna make you know big impact uh and, you know i'm working in a hospital oh gosh it was frustrating um there's so much red tape, the pace, government, let's be honest, got a long tail. Um, the, people yeah. at the, top, the people at the top are brilliant. I've got a lot of friends that are at director roles in government and they're brilliant. But geez, there's a lot of dead weight in government. Mm. Um, and then I thought, oh, okay, I'll go do a PhD um, to Oxford. It was very exciting. I'm going to have a really big impact. It is almost exactly the same. Um, people are brilliant at the top. Um, they're really long tail, a lot of dead weight in academia. Yeah. Um, and a lot of money and resources wasted. So I became cynical about that. I'm like, I want to have an impact. And I heard about startups and I was hooked because the private sector, if you can figure out a way to have an impact and make money, it's brilliant. You can move as yep. fast, fast as you like. Um, you can bend the rules a little bit to get there. And I, I just loved it. So I'm a big believer in the private sector um, being a force for change. You and me both. That's why you're here on this show, right? Um, because the private sector is proving exactly, you know, how how strongly it can shift the dial mm. and achieve impact. And you know, when when you line it up with something like the UN Global Goals, the mm. Sustainable Development Goals, um, and you get business being a big part of that, then you know we actually have a chance to to. Um, create some real meaningful change. Um, what are some of the learnings? I mean, it, it's really interesting hearing your your story, Kyle, and how you know it, it, impact seems to be the driving force from day one with you. Um, mm. But going through government, through academia, finding your way um, to where you are now in in private industry and, and startup land. What are some of the learnings 
that you have had? And I'm sure there have been so many, but are there like any key learnings that you could share that someone else who might be on early on this path um, that you might be able to help? Um, um, I can give some advice to anyone else who wants to do a startup um, and try and avoid some of the mistakes I made. Uh, don't outsource your tech. Find a technical person to work with. Um, this was a mistake I made for the first startup. Yeah. Uh, we used an agency to build our app. Um, it's a terrible idea because they don't care. Um, they, they, if you, we had something blow up on a Saturday and we couldn't do deliveries till the Monday because they were back uh, at work on Monday and they could fix it. Oh, God. Um, it's just a terrible idea to outsource tech. Do not do that. Yeah. Um, track your runway. Um, so the first startup, I had never run a business before. I didn't grow up with money, so it's not a strength of mine. Um, I'm much better at it now. I've been doing startups for years. But um, just obsess over your, you know, your, your monthly financials. Um, so that was a big learning because I just didn't grow up with money, didn't know how to do it. Um, but now um, I'm pretty tight with purse strings. Uh, it's, we're, and we're in a pretty healthy position now. Uh, look after your mental health. Um, I, I, I'm pretty open about this. Like during COVID, Pearly was we nearly went under a million times. And the stress, uh, okay, I was getting chest pains because uh, we didn't know when we were coming out of lockdown. I had some staff struggling. Um, we didn't know if we were going to raise more capital. Uh, the business model I needed to change and the stress was pretty intense um, and I've never experienced anything like that before uh, but now I'm really conscious about it and I, I tell young founders you've got to manage your stress levels you've got to take a break um, you've got to uh, stay physically active um, yeah all that stuff um, so that's managing stress has been a huge huge learning curve I'm still getting better I can be, can be a bit of a grump um, <laughs> Uh, working I'm, I've got a lot better um, but you've got strategies now that you actually know you like this is what I do yeah I, I'll, I'll be honest I hired um, a number two so Kylie um, and she's been a godsend uh, her strengths are my weaknesses and, and uh, maybe vice versa and uh, she handles a lot of the day-to-day -day. she's just very very organized um, extremely happy person and it allows me to work on other things and we've got a great combo going. So at the end of last Fantastic. year, Kylie came on board, but I knew that was a weakness of mine and that, and I couldn't do everything. So yeah. I, I brought in Kylie and that was a real game changer for us. Um, things just run a lot smoother now than happier. Everyone's happier. Yeah. Um, is, is, is that enough? Uh, that's great. I think that's fantastic. And that's, that's gold. Um, I've, I've been meaning to ask you, because of your business model, does that make you a social enterprise? Yeah, we're for-profit social enterprise. Absolutely. For-profit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's because of the 50% or that's also the, the well, prevention models? We'll be going, we're not paying dividends to any of our investors. <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll never get any dividends. I'm going to put that yeah. back. I'll put that back into the market <laughs> and R&D. So 50% of the profits will go back into that. Yeah. But uh, 50, uh, the other 50% is to the Curly Foundation. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, five years. Where are we now? Twenty twenty eight. Let's say. 
Where do you hope Pearly will be? I'd love a fleet of dental trucks. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have them in other countries as well. Um, I would love our tech to be being used by non-dental practitioners. I'd love to ha have it listed on the MBS. So it's subsidized by the government. So people are actually looking at oral health. Uh, I love a happy team, bigger team. That's probably enough. That'd be, I think we, I think we will get there. Um, yeah, that'd be great. And That's a lot, lots of good stories, like of like the gums. I was just talking about for people that haven't looked in the mouth. No one looks in their mouth. When was the last time you looked in your mouth? Actually, checked for problems. Yeah, no, but I have got a visit to the dentist booked next week. <laughs> Lucky, yeah, okay, good. Um, but God, I mean, I was thinking apart from you know the the many underserved communities who don't have access to dental health, there would be a lot of people who normally do have access to dental health because of COVID who are not going out of fear, particularly older people. So, um, yeah, aged care is something actually um, I'd love to get into aged care using our tech and training the nurses and GPs that work there to check for old diseases with the Royal Commission in 2020. Uh, it, was a, it was flagged as one of the top three issues which is incredible. Oh, really? Yeah, lack of dental services. Because um, it leads to heart problems, dementia. Um, your oral health is really important as you get older. Do you know, it just seems to, ha it seems to be the source of everything, right? Even, you know, apart from the physical problems you've talked about, I think you mentioned earlier in the program how when you've got bad teeth, it inhibits you from smiling. Yeah, and, you don't smile you know, as much. And when you don't smile as much, I mean, we all know how even just forcing a pretend smile can help change your mental Absolutely. outlook on things. So mental health, it's not just physical health, it's mental health as well. So everything leads back, everything starts from the mouth. Yeah. Great. I'm glad you're on board. I'm totally on board with it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, and it just really... Um, reinforces that what you're doing is is going to have so much impact. So um, yeah, I encourage you know anyone who's listening to this podcast who who thinks they might be able to contribute in some way, whether it's as a as a buy, customer, buy a toothbrush, buy a toothbrush, yeah, buy a toothbrush, buy a whitening kit, um, but but also as a partner, like there are a lot of business leaders who listen to this podcast and, you know, I think, you know, potentially, who knows, collaboration, partnership, but, um, you know, everything yeah. starts from the mouth. Yeah, and we, we do get a lot of businesses. Uh, we get loads of dentists from all over the world emailing support at pearly.com just going, hey, what is this? And then we just add them to the spreadsheet about potential volunteer. Yeah, Fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. Okay. What are you most proud of? when it comes to the business, on your journey so far? Um, a team. They, they put up with me being a grump. Um, but they are, they are so talented. Um, we did the Myers-Briggs test um, at the start of this year. That was Kylie's doing. Just to see the makeup of the team and then all of them except me, uh, I was like on the other side, the entrepreneur wheel, um, the uh, extrovert. All of them were the caring. They're yep. in the same uh, little box 
Uh, so they're very caring. Uh, they've all bought into the mission. Uh, they're extremely talented. But, uh, they're not money driven. Like, um, yeah, it's so. Yeah, I don't know how I ended up with that team. It's been it's been crazy, but yeah, very very. I think it might have something to do with what you're trying to achieve. But they do put up with me being a grump, so I've got to I've got to thank them for that. Well, there you go, and perhaps um, perhaps they they love what you're trying to do with people. Yeah, they do. They do. They're all really bought into the mission. They love it. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's that L word again. So I'm going to wrap up. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> um, with a final question, we are this interview we're doing um, in 2022. We're almost eight years off the target date um, for the UN Global Goals of 2030. Uh, businesses, I think, are now really uh, aware that they need to be part of the solution. But a lot of them are still very unsure about just how far they lean into social purpose. You know, is it is it akin to their CSR or, or, or is it something they really need to start looking at how they can use their business to create meaningful impact? So if you could share one thing to convince one business leader um, of how vital social purpose is to business, what would it be? It's a brilliant idea because you'll improve employee retention, you'll attract the best talent um, if you can have a clear North Star. Um, as I was just talking about my team, um, they're here because they really believe in the mission. Um, we don't, we're not you know, a big organisation. They could probably all, all earn a lot more money elsewhere. Hopefully down the track they get rewarded as we grow. Um, that's, that's one of my dreams. But, um, yeah, you, you'll, you'll just get a much better buy-in from your staff and you'll, you'll see your sales improve if you can communicate your mission, um, which is not easy to have a really clear North Star. Um, so that's the challenge. But if you do, you'll be rewarded for it. Fantastic. Thank you, Kyle. Is there anything else you'd like to share? No, that's enough. That's enough. That's I've, lo enough. I've, I've loved my time on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to hit it back at you and say, I don't know where you stand on the love scale, but I love your work. I absolutely love what you are um on track and trying to achieve and all credit to you and i wish you all the very best thank yes, you that, for coming on the show thanks carolyn um it is good to come on shows like this to actually reflect and like oh my gosh we have made a lot of progress um so thank you for having me on your show and what a wonderful podcast um i love that it exists so please keep doing it thank you cheers Kyle. Thanks for listening to this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement, visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au. And remember, doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?